God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, you know, this week we've been talking about all the bad things that have been happening in the Biden administration. Uh, And yesterday he takes the day off. So (laughs) eating, filmed eating ice cream. People were wondering, why does this guy not have a busier schedule? Uh, He's making a huge amount of mess. We're going to talk a little bit about the Fox News video footage. Uh, it's hard to talk about video footage on a radio program, but we're going to do it. And it's interesting, you know, the lies that are coming out of Jen Psaki's mouth these days. She's asked questions. She's given answers, but the video footage belies the answer. And they just continue to lie, to, to lie to us. But that's what the Democrats always do. I mean, they say black lives matter, but they don't really care about black lives. You know, Antifa, they say they're anti-fascist, but they're fascists. Everything they touch, the voter rights bill is about voter suppression, is about voter fraud. Everything they say is the exact opposite. Me Too was really not about Me Too. It was about censorship and and divisiveness, and it was about control. You know, that whole group called Time's Out, or Time's Up, the uh, owner uh, of that organization was Tina Chen, and she was the chief of staff of Michelle Obama, and she was good friends with Rahm Emanuel, who was the chief of staff of Barack Obama, and together they whitewashed the Jesse Smollett case, and and buried that as much as they could. And they have these woke DAs, and they say they're going to crack down on crime, and then the, the exact opposite happens. But this, you know, the, the thing that happened in Hollywood with Harvey Weinstein and all these people we've talked about, the people that are preaching to, preaching to us, the people, the people in Hollywood, the radical left-wingers, 
say one thing and do another. They talk about climate change and they fly around the world in their private jets. Leonardo DiCaprio comes to mind. And it's just on and on and on. And so much of this is happening, and yet we still vote these people into power. We still go and watch their movies. We still turn on their channels. And we still listen to what they have to say. I don't understand why it is that we don't just turn them off and tune them out. You know, we live among uh, great friends. We all have friends that are liberals that voted for Joe Biden or that didn't like Orange Man Bad or what have you. Yet when we look back at Donald Trump's tenure, it was so great. There was so much to be thankful for and happy for. You know, there's so much that he gave through his policies. He didn't give out of his pocket. He's not the most generous man in the world. He's probably not the nicest guy in the world, Donald Trump. But he was practical because he looked at the term political correctness and just threw it out the window. He looked at a problem and he crystallized it down to its common denominator. And he simplified problems, like in the Middle East with the Abraham Accords. I know exactly what he did in the Middle East. And people never talk about it the way I do. And it frustrates me because I feel like, why are people not saying what what is right there in front of them? And what it is, is you don't reward your enemies. The Palestinians and the Iranians were pounding their chests and saying death to America, death to Israel. And we would just sit there and watch, and then we would turn around and give them money. And they would just laugh in our faces and never take us seriously. And so Donald Trump said, oh, you just, what's this death to America stuff? Why don't you go out on the mic and say, great America, and I'll give you some money. How about that? And they refused. So the Palestinian authorities, they don't want to go to the table. They don't want to negotiate. They don't want to have talks. They don't want to have peace. They wanted to pound their chest and act like they're entitled to more. Because they were told by the radical left-wingers, just like this reparations discussion, yeah, you were a victim. You, You need more. And of course, Americans are like, uh, victim of what? I never did anything to you. I'm not giving you crap. I'm not giving you anything. You're not getting anything out of my pocket. So then they force and coerce and they steal. <clears throat> this government is throwing our money away through their own political corruption and personal interests. These politicians vote. Well, too many of them into too too many different ways that hurt America. And we never know half of what's going on. But, you know, the Palestinian thing, to wrap that up, it it was interesting because Donald Trump said, okay, we can wait. He walked away from the table in that negotiation. And after a while, He started, you know, moving the embassy to Jerusalem and he started to allow Israel 
to expand their uh, invest development in the West Bank and elsewhere. And what was happening? And then he hit Soleimani smack in the nose, and everybody thought World War Three was going to happen. Of course, we had the goods on Soleimani. And we know what he was up to. And we pulled out of the JCPOA. And we pulled out of the Paris Accord. And we pulled out of the TPP. And all these globalist agendas. And all these multinational uh, corporate uh, sweetheart favors. And kickbacks. And we got out of all that. And we went to bilateral relationships again. It was great stuff. I mean, I sit here and I talk about globalism versus nationalism because that is the fight of our day. And frankly, the the election in France is going to go a long way in shaping American politics. That election's in April. And it'll be interesting to see if Macron gets ousted and that a more conservative, you know, we'll see what kind of legs and what kind of strength and what kind of momentum those yellow vesters and those protesters in the streets have as far as an impact on electoral turnout. And also verify and check and keep our eye on the ball with regard to voter fraud in France. Because that's a prelude to what we're going to see here in the United States. Just like Brexit was a prelude to Donald Trump and the 2016 election against Hillary Clinton. But he waited Palestinian Authority out. They're friends, the UAE, the Gulf states, UAE and uh, Qatar and all these other countries, Saudi Arabia, that had their backs, said, you know, we can no longer have your back. You got to get to the table. And they said, no, we don't get, we're not getting what we want. Finally, they got nothing. They ended up really with nothing. They got left holding the bag because they didn't negotiate the best deal that was available to them at the time. And then when the, the, the Abraham Accords were, were happening there, that was thanks to Donald Trump. The normalization of relationships because business had to go on. And then COVID hit, and that ruined everything. And I just have to think that COVID was on purpose. And I know it was a bioweapon. And I know that the American Pentagon and Fauci were involved in a clandestine operation in coordination with China. And how this got released, whether it was intentional or not, it helped the globalists and the richest elite got so much richer. So the same people that talk about you know, poor the poor people, they talk about minimum wage and yet they let uh, slave labor into our country through the southern border. They talk about minimum wage and they do that. They allow that. And they talk about um, humanity and human rights and yet they're the defenders of human rights. They talk about civil rights and yet They have the most draconian mandates we've ever seen in the history of America. They trampled all over our Constitution. And yet they sit there and they talk about civil rights and human rights. 
and minimum wage and fair wage and equity versus equality. We've talked about all this on the Scott Adams Show. I mean, we've been pounding away at this. And frankly, the amount of hours of research you have to do to put this stuff together comes from our nonprofit wing. And without the donations going over to Magapac and Bugle Call, none of this is really possible. So, you know, we appreciate the support that we get through our mechanism. Our megaphone is Red State Talk Radio. Our megaphone is Scott Adams Show. Our megaphone is our syndicated partners, like in Philly, the WFYL. And that's our megaphone. That's our speaker. But to make all that happen and to do all this research and to spend all these hours putting all this stuff together to try to help uh, explain the situation, to promote the American first policies, and to have 100,000 more Trumps in the future America than we have now, just one. Right now we got the mold. We need many more Trumps in all kinds of different ways, shapes, sizes. We just need the messaging of America first to take hold because it's not taking hold right now in the way that it should. We're seeing too much craziness in our politics. You know, there's so much that's bad that's happening, though. And the reason why it's being reported is not because of MSNBC or CNN. No thanks to them. But it's being reported because we have patriots like Jim Jordan. We have patriots like Tucker Carlson. We have patriots like Scott Adams Show and Red State Talk Radio and all these other people that are talking about it, doing research. But just like they say, it takes a village. We, we, we need your support. So check out org and buglecall.org and, and realize that they are a partnership with our entities here at Red State Talk Radio and Scott Adams Show and WFYL and everywhere in between across the country. And we have great show hosts throughout the country that talk from all necks of the woods. So Jim Jordan tweets out, 1.9 million illegal immigrants were apprehended at the southern border in 2021. That's larger than the population of Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus, Ohio combined. What is he talking about? And Tricia Flanagan writes about election fraud, and she says, Breaking. Wisconsin Assembly voted unanimously to move representative... This is kind of a big deal. Wisconsin Assembly voted unanimously to move Representative Ramthan. Now, Ramthan, if you want to look him up, is spelled R-A-M as in Mary, T-H-U-N. Ramthan. Resolution forward to reclaim Wisconsin's 10 electors for the U.S. President and VP who were certified under fraudulent purposes. Guess what? The vote now moves forward to Rules Committee and to Wisconsin Senate 
for immediate confirmation, for immediate confirmation. And those lean right. So that is kind of a big deal. The majority leader, Jim Steinacki, is trying to block in rules, in, block it in rules committee. So the 2021 Assembly Joint Resolution, 120, um, she has a whole thread here, Trisha Flanagan. And it says here, I'm going to start off with this. It says, relating to Wisconsin election reform and reclaiming the electoral ballots for president and vice president that were certified under fraudulent intent and purpose, whereas the Center for Tech and Civic Life enabled the legal use of over 500 voter drop boxes in Wisconsin, infringing Wisconsin statutes. Counties under election commission guidance issue on August 19th, 2020. And the use of drop boxes was organized by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CICSA, which work in conjunction with other rational with other national organizations like the CTCL, Center for Election Innovation and Research, and National Conference of State Legislatures. So, you know, there's an article out today that we're going to try to get to near the end of the show. And it says, Democrats in 2020 wrote the book on voter suppression and election subversion. Joe Biden is right in saying, that voter suppression and election subversion must be stopped. The problem for Democrats is that they see they have seen the enemy in the mirror. So like President Biden, for example, tweeted out, Jim Crow 2.0 is about to, two insidious things, voter suppression and election subversion. It's about making it harder to vote. Who gets the count to count the vote? and whether your vote counts at all. We have passed the Freedom of Vote Act and John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Well, it's fitting that they would put the stamp the name John Lewis on there because he was such a corrupt politician. But the uh, these acts basically are about voter fraud, and that's it. And every time there's voter fraud, the voter, the fraudulent vote, suppresses the legitimate vote. Promoting illegitimate votes suppresses legitimate votes. When the politicians want to obtain your resources but are reluctant to harm their electoral prospects by raising your taxes, the time-honored workaround is to increase the money supply. If the money supply is $1 and GDP consists of one donut, your $1 is worth one donut. If the government wants half of that donut, they could increase your taxes by 50%, thereby leaving you without a donut, with, with, or leaving you with half a donut. So we're going to get into that a little bit more later in the show. But I have a couple of uh, more tweets I want to get through, and then we have audio clips that we're going to share with you here in a second. Um, so Alexander Higgins, he writes this about COVID, so there's several issues we're talking about here. Breaking Pfizer exec and former FDA directory, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, suggests U.S. follow the U.K. 
and the most and most of the European Europe in ending mask mandates and forced injections. So already we've seen and we listened to Boris Johnson talk about ending the mask mandates. Remember that we played those clips of in the British Parliament and Boris Johnson was saying no longer are they going to tell the Brits what to do with their masks. We're going to rely on the judgment of the British people. And then it was interesting because I got feedback on that. Incidentally, the the call lines are going to be open today, uh, but I won't be able to take them, the calls, while we're listening to some of the audio clips, obviously. So, but it's interesting because uh, someone had pointed out to me that says, well, yeah, that's fine and dandy, but what about... What about the uh, social credit score systems or the vaccine passports that you're still required? And, of course, that's true. You know, say nothing about the, the all these different restrictions. And even, like, I was watching um, Dr. Siegel today on Fox and Friends, and he's still saying, touting CDC numbers, and he's still basically saying that... Uh, if you were vaccinated, you're less likely to go to the hospital. And that the only people that are dying or getting really, really sick are the unvaccinated. And I just don't, I don't believe that to be the case. I, I think he, he got some numbers that just work for that narrative. And so they're still pushing this vaccine that's not been fully tested. And, um, and again, I have a lot of pressure uh, we have uh, scheduled trips and things that we have to do uh, to where it's going to come into my life in a different way where I'm going to be restricted or, re- or required to be vaccinated. And I'm hoping that somehow things change and that this trend in Europe with regard to mask mandates extends over to vaccine pa- passport mandates and passports and the draconian measures associated with this. Because, again, I've always said that the 70% number is how you get corporate sponsorship to do the dirty deeds of the unconstitutional mandates. Because the mandates are unconstitutional. No longer is it yelling fire in a theater to protect the safety of others. Uh, You can't yell fire in a theater, right? So they say, well, that's not protected speech because it could result in the harm of other innocent people in a theater. And they're using sort of the similar argument uh, there, and they're using that similar argument, and what they're saying is um, that your choices uh, will have a negative impact on others. And uh, I guess we'll take a call right now um, before we get started with our audio. Um, let's see. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning. Uh, I just have a quick observation to make, uh, something to make your listeners go, hmm. Um, isn't it funny how all the people that were crying about health care is a right, you can't take away health care are the same ones now saying that you shouldn't be able to get get medical yeah. treatment if you didn't get the shot. Yeah, absolutely. That's ridiculous, isn't it? I, I, it I, is. I've been reading stories like that left and right. 
Uh, I think there was someone that was going to be on live. Oh, yeah, there was someone that was, <laughs> I just read this story yesterday um, about some guy that uh, it was going to be a heart. Oh, oh, it was a it was an organ transplant, and he was taken off the organ transplant list because he was unvaccinated. Do you believe that? Yeah, I heard about that one. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, see, this is the mentality you're going to deal with if you get uh, if you get to socialized healthcare. It was never about your health. Is you're going to have to? Yeah, you're going to have to jump through hoops. It's going to be a it's going to be an instrument of control. Yeah, but it was never about your health. It was always no. about control, and no. and that explains it right there. You know, when they're shooting you in the streets because you're not vaccinated, like in Australia, it's like with rubber bullets in the face. It's like what? That's not healthy. It's for your own good. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to help. Yeah. You just shot my hey, eye out with a yellow bu- <laughs> yeah, with a rubber bullet. <laughs> but at least I didn't get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> hey Scott, you got to check out. Uh, there's a there's a song on YouTube uh, called the 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 Pharma song. Yeah, big Pharma song. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You should check it out. There's a, I don't know. It might not be up your alley musical wise, but the lyrics are really awesome. Okay, what is it called? Uh, the Big Pharma song. Okay, Big Pharma song is where is it? Where can I get it? Uh, if it's still on YouTube. All right, all right, we'll, we'll check it out. All right, man. All right, take it easy. Bye. Thanks for taking my call. All right, bye. <laughs> That's it's it's com- it's getting comical, isn't it? You shot my eye out with a rubber bullet to say, to try to get me to be healthy. Ah, uh, nuts. Crazy. Words can't express. Sometimes it's just comical. <clears throat> We're living in a very, very strange world. Hans Maki writes, the most shocking revelation to come out of the Durham <laughs> filing today isn't that Mark Elias was called by the grand jury at the Sussman remain or that Sussman remains under criminal investigation. We knew they're bad actors. It's the Horowitz. It's that Horowitz. Remember Horowitz, Michael, uh, uh, the inspector general has been highly uncooperative with Durham. Deep state cleanup man. Remember that? He whitewashed everything. It turns out Horowitz was a bad dude. So just now in Dallas, they put a sign down above a highway. It says, the same people that sell panic sell the cure. That's That's what they're doing there. And Steve Miller writes, a modest legislative proposal prohibit Department of Defense from expending any funds to secure the territorial sovereignty of a foreign country if our territorial sovereignty is not first secured. So what they're talking about here is they're talking about the protection of the Ukrainian border at the but at the expense of our our own border, you know? So Biden's uh, national security uh, advisor says Americans should care about Ukraine because borders should be in inviolate sovereignty should be respected wow if only we could have our own borders as secure as ukraine's borders that would be nice wouldn't it 
Of course, one involves World War III and a military industrial complex coup, you know, like a real boondoggle of finance, right? Um, but man, I'll tell you what, it's absolutely stunning. The hypocrisy. Can we protect our own border? There's video flying around that we're going to get into with Tucker Carlson's uh, commentary in just a moment. But let's take a listen to this. Why should Americans care about what's happening in Ukraine? Uh, because it, it goes to a very fundamental principle of, of all nations, which is that our borders uh, should be inviolate, that our sovereignty uh, should be respected. Why should Americans care about what's happening in Ukraine. Let's listen to that one more time. Uh, because it, it goes to a very fundamental principle of, of all nations, which is that our borders uh, should be inviolate, that our sovereignty uh, should be respected. Why should America... Yeah, we, we should, right? Sovereignty should be respected. Our borders should be inviolate. I, I don't even know that word, really. Inviolate? Inviolate? Well, it, it not violated is what, what the root of that is, I'm sure. Um, but uh, it's a nice word. But it'd be nice if, uh, you know, we had uh, a little bit of that for ourselves. I mean, after all, we're paying for it. You know, we're paying for all these people to come through our southern border. We're paying to fly them all over the place. Um, we're paying for all this COVID research and COVID this and COVID that. And it's all coming back to bite us. We're paying for everything, folks. We pay for it all. And we get nothing. It's the illegal migrants that are going to be the ones getting the $450,000 check, not you. You're going to be paying that check. My goodness. Meanwhile, I'm looking at a picture with Joe Biden holding up some chocolate ice cream. Reporter asks Jen Psaki, why is it a large number of single adult men uh, are being released into the United States just hours before, uh, after being apprehended at the southern border. And she doesn't have a clue. Why is it that large numbers of single adult men are being released into the United States just hours after being apprehended at the southern border? Well, I'm not sure the specifics of what you're referring to, Peter. I have no idea, Peter. Check in. And then here... Jen Psaki has no answer when asked about the 50,000 illegal migrants released. Let's see. I think a local the ICE one. office, but we know that just between March and August, which is a very small sample size, DHS says more than 47,000 of these migrants that were given notices to report did not show up. So why let them into the U.S. unsupervised in the first place? Well, again, we have a stringent uh, protocols and processes that we implement here. Uh, that includes uh, expelling uh, individuals who come in under Title 42, given we are still in a global pandemic, and includes uh, those who are, do not show up will be subject to the repercussions of that. So that is the policy we're implementing uh, from our Homeland Security Department. Blah, 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 right? Meanwhile, that's our border. Biden's deputy national security. Uh, let's see. So when they were talking about the inviolate, right, uh, Tommy uh, Piggott writes, Biden doesn't care about securing borders. Close to 500,000 illegal migrants have crossed our southern border into the U.S. and gone missing since Biden took office. And Biden won't even visit the border to see what's going on. How do you like those apples? Meanwhile, 
we're trying to figure out why it is that crime is skyrocketing. So the, we have open borders. We have a conflict with Russia right now. Uh, now we have this crime spree. Let's Comprehensive national data on carjackings is not available from the FBI, but many large cities are reporting a significant rise during the pandemic. Police call it a crime of opportunity. Carjackers attacking unsuspecting drivers, swiping their vehicle, and in some cases, more. They're taking cars with all weapons, gunpoint, knives. This shocking attack in New York City caught on NYPD body cam video. The suspect able to get away, speeding down a busy street, plowing into parked cars as police tried to stop him. In Washington, D.C., council candidate Nate Fleming was recently carjacked at a gas station. A suspect seen pulling up in a red SUV. One points a gun at Fleming, then brazenly gets into his car. Guns were pointed in my face before I could blink an eye. And in New Orleans, a family forced out of their car. And just started screaming, there's kids, there's kids. Police data shows carjackings are on the rise in many cities, up 55% in New York, 63% in Minneapolis, and a staggering 85% in Philadelphia. The rising numbers are beyond troubling. Officials warning food delivery and rideshare drivers should be on particularly high alert. In Philadelphia, a man delivering food shot an armed teenager who demanded his keys, leaving the teen in critical condition. Police say many times young joyriders are responsible. Our carjacking offenders are increasingly younger and younger. We're trying to encourage our young people to make better decisions. Yeah, right. good, good luck with that, right? 85% in Philadelphia carjackings. It's nuts. Meanwhile, you got inflation through the roof, right? And nobody wants to talk about that. Remember, it was just Peter Ducey that asked the question about inflation. He was called stupid by the guy that's eating ice cream. Unbelievable. While the guy is starting World War III through his own corruption in Ukraine, we played the clip yesterday, of course, the, the, the shakedown of Viktor Shokin. We're in Ukraine because of the political corruption of our politicians, because Ukraine bought assurances from the Western politicians that end up threatening Russia. So Russia decides to build up and surround Ukraine to keep them in check, just as we would if Russia were to build up missiles and put them in Cuba. So... They're not doing anything. Russia is not doing anything we wouldn't do if we were threatened by Russia just off our border. And we have a case study of that. It's called the Cuban Missile Crisis. We know exactly what we would have done. But in any case, we're just getting hit from all angles. And this is just one year. And this is the thanks of not just the thanks of COVID, which was released by China. This was also orchestrated by Fauci and orchestrated by our Department of Defense and probably our State Department and the CIA in cooperation with China. This was a bioweapon, folks. It was man-made. It wasn't organic. It wasn't natural cause. It wasn't from a bat. Meanwhile, it destroys the economy, jacks up the inflation, and we have the wrong leader at the wrong time.
these draconian measures that are keeping us all desperately uh, at odds with each other. We can't smile at each other. We can't talk to each other. We can't say hello to each other. We can't be neighborly. All those things that make America great. We're now, we're now being isolated in a box like we're in Germany or like we're in uh, Europe where they crush the middle class and they tell the middle class to mind their own business. And you talk to the middle class people and they don't want to talk back because they have no personality. They have no courage. They're afraid to get in trouble. They're afraid to say anything because the government will crack down on them. It's exactly what's going on here now in the United States. I'm afraid to say anything because if I say something, I'll get annexed. I'll get censored. I'll get blacklisted. I'll be attacked by some crazy people. You know, the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, gumballs will come out and burn my house down. It's crazy crap. Inflation is also taking a toll on sit-down dining. Jelaine Upwin is the owner of Max Downtown in El Paso, Texas. The prices have tripled. It's, it's outrageous. Even buying the basics is a challenge. It's ridiculous that we can't go to Sam's and get ketchup because they're out of ketchup for weeks at a time. It took me two months to get straws. I, I couldn't get straws, individually packaged straws. I, I, I was like, what do you mean I can't get straws? The cost of eating at home is soaring. Groceries or the food at home index rose 6.5% in 2021. That's the largest year-over-year increase in 13 years. And many big food manufacturers, including General Mills and Campbell's Soup, predict more price hikes later this month. Empty shelves and rising costs are leading to a growing demand for store brand items. Less costly and sometimes more available. Until we have the... Uh, and then you got Buttigieg there, right? Here's more bad news about fast food prices soaring. You know, we've been talking about this for months, the, the record inflation hitting every aspect of American life. And with fast food chains and restaurants facing higher costs, costs rather, across the board, one thing you're probably seeing is that deals are not as cheap as they once were. And now they may even come with a catch. Whether you're grabbing a bite to eat or supermarket shopping, everybody's shelling out more cash these days. And just as we're seeing value meals return to some fast food menus, rising food and labor costs are leading many chains to also hike prices. Little Caesars raising the price of its signature hot and ready pizza for the first time in two decades, from $5 to $5.55. At Popeye's, you'll now pay a dollar more if you order the popular big box deal in person. And Domino's Pizza, also looking to drive digital growth, announcing that its classic $7.99 deal will only be offered online, and you'll only get eight wings instead of ten. These cost increases are certainly uh, tough to absorb. We are taking some pricing actions, you know, this year relative to our national offers, and, and our franchisees at the local level have tools to adjust their menu prices and their delivery fees. The ongoing supply chain crisis is also impacting menus. On Chick-fil-A's app, this warning to customers that some menu items may be unavailable or prepared differently. 
It's like we're living in a third world country, isn't it? The gas prices. Tonight, Let's AAA warns fuel prices will likely continue to rise. Regular gas is now averaging $3.33 a gallon compared to two forty a year ago. Crude oil prices are near a seven-year high, directly impacting gasoline and home heating fuels. AAA says the unpredictability of the pandemic is going to keep those prices up. Pandemic schmandemic, right? It's a plandemic. So... Here's what Biden said about inflation seven months ago. Let's take a listen. Seven months ago, this is what Joe Biden said. Talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is that it's going to pop up a little bit, then go back down. Talk of inflation. It's going to be transient. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. So, again, if it turns out, what I've done so far, what we've done so far, is a mistake. It's going to show. Well, you know who was talking about it? Joe Manchin was talking about it. We were playing what Joe Manchin had to say about that. And not just that, but we were talking about it. This wasn't transitory. This, is, this wasn't going to be a blip on the scale. This was going to go up, and it was going to go up again. Because the fundamentals, the foundation, wasn't in place. And that was the problem. So it's just it's frustrating to see that a guy who steals an election, you know, steals it, steals the election, um, is doing so so much of this so aggressively, right in our faces, and we got to put a stop to it. And again, we we read something yesterday. We said <clears throat> there's 330 million people. There's 500 and 35 people in Congress, 100 senators and 435 uh, representatives. You know, we need to march on Washington at some point and take back our country. Let's take a listen to this report in the middle of our uh, their live shot in Fox News. Another group of dozens of single adult male migrants were dropped off by the federal government. So, um well, actually, we're going to get that covered in the Tucker Carlson piece. But I posted on my social media a whole bunch of stuff that uh, indicates, you know, what's going on in the southern border. We're going to go ahead and take a listen to Tucker Carlson's open. Uh, and he talks about not just the Ukraine situation with regard to borders, uh, but also how our politicians are concerned more about Ukrainian borders than our own. Other things affirms the central importance of national borders. Well, of course it does. Without a border, you can't have a country. And Nancy Pelosi firmly believes that. In fact, she believes it so strongly, she's directing the Biden administration to develop an urgent new plan to keep the border secure. In fact, not simply secure, but in the words of the new legislation, Section 208, invaluable meaning impossible to breach, walled up and buttoned down, bulletproof. That's quite a border. But why wouldn't it be? When it comes to borders, Nancy Pelosi isn't messing around. Are you surprised to hear this? Well, you may have misunderstood. Pelosi isn't talking about the U.S. border, the one that's currently open. She's talking about the Ukrainian border, the one that actually matters. The bill Pelosi is promoting is called the Defending Ukraine Sovereignty Act. Its purpose is to guarantee, quote, Ukraine's sovereignty, independence, and territorial integrity. 
These are the things that all countries need. We'd love to have them here. But no, we're going to have to wait. Ukraine is ahead of us in the queue for secure borders. And honestly, you can see why. As they used to say when we were kids growing up in the United States, what's good for the lightly populated Russian colony of Ukraine is good for us. As our oldest and most cherished ally, yoked tightly to the American people by the ancient bonds of friendship, shared culture, and Burisma, Ukraine comes first. It has to come first. When caravans of undocumented Russians appear on the Ukrainian border, the United States doesn't sit idly by. The United States swoops in with deadly weapons to push these people back. We'll send missiles to Ukraine if we have to. In fact, we already have billions of dollars worth. But wait a second, you ask. Isn't undocumented immigration a good thing? Doesn't immigration increase diversity, the blessed source of all beauty, power, and strength? Well, sure. Most of the time it does, but not in Ukraine. Ukraine exists for the exclusive presence of Ukrainians. People who look or speak differently, people from other places with, say, different religions, are not allowed in Ukraine, period. That's Nancy Pelosi's position. Ukraine is the one place Nancy Pelosi very much wants to keep racially pure. She's willing to use lethal force to do that. Virtually everyone in Congress agrees with Pelosi, so does the White House. Here's Joe Biden's deputy national security advisor explaining that when undocumented foreign nationals arrive in Ukraine, they'll be killed. Why should Americans care about what's happening in Ukraine? Uh, because it, it goes to a very fundamental principle of, of all nations, which is that our borders uh, should be inviolate, that our sovereignty uh, should be respected. Our borders should be inviolate. Our sovereignty should be respected, meaning Ukraine's. That man was Jonathan Feiner. He's Biden's deputy national security advisor. It's interesting to note that Jonathan Feiner has no relevant experience for the job he currently holds. At one point, he was a Washington Post reporter. That's reassuring. Most recently, he was cashing in at a private equity firm paying approximately half the federal tax rate you are. Good for him. But one thing Jonathan Feiner has learned along the way is that Ukrainian borders matter. If you cross without permission, you'll be droned into the next life. Kamala Harris strongly agrees with that. Here's Harris threatening would-be Russian immigrants. The bottom line is that we have been clear and consistent for quite some time that we respect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of, U of Ukraine and we expect that Russia would do the same and any aggressive action taken by Vladimir Putin will be met with severe consequences. Severe consequences. The understatement is chilly. That woman is bloodthirsty. That's where our borders are. Try to cross the border and we'll take out your entire caravan. Claim asylum? What's asylum? <laughs> Don't think so. One toe over the line and you're dead. Those are strong words, but Kamala Harris appears to mean them. She probably does mean them. But again, you should know that Kamala Harris is not talking about our border here in the U.S. She's talking about the Ukrainian border. Now, what's the difference between the two? Well, the Ukrainian border, by contrast, is a place the Pentagon is willing to defend. Watch. 8,500 U.S. military personnel on heightened alert. Is this the ceiling of military personnel that the administration will be committing to this conflict, do you see? 
Well, it's what we're talking about today is, is about 8,500 on heightened alert. But as I said yesterday, we're certainly not going to rule out other options. Our job is to provide options to the president, to the commander in chief, uh, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, and so I would, you know, I, I certainly would not rule out uh, the possibility that we could be putting additional forces on heightened alert in the coming days and weeks, uh, and maybe even moving troops around Europe that are already there uh, to bolster and to reassure some of our allies on the ground in the on the continent. Wait, we're only sending 8,500 American troops to protect the Ukrainian border? Asked the teleprompter. Well, says John Kirby, actually, we could send a lot more. They're all poised to secure the sacred Ukrainian border. So you may be wondering, how does that commitment compare to what the Pentagon is willing to deploy to our southern border? Well, let's see a little back-of-the-envelope math here. It's exactly 8,500 more because there are no troops, no American troops heading to our southern border. That may seem distressing to you, but in a way it makes sense. Ukraine needs the troops. Ukraine hasn't been invaded yet. We have been invaded and we lost. We've been defeated. And like all vanquished nations, we're being treated with humiliating contempt by world leaders, in this case, by our own leaders. Customs and Border Protection just released the latest statistics on the invasion ongoing into this country. In the month of December, last month, the feds encountered close to 180,000 illegal immigrants, foreign nationals, whose identities we can't know, on the southwest border. Here, all living here now. How many people is that? Well, for perspective, that's more than the three previous Decembers combined. In the last calendar year, more than 2 million foreign nationals swept across the Mexican border, unimpeded, into this country, and now live here. That's a lot of people, many times the population of Boston, Atlanta, Denver, pick a city in one year. But you know what's more than? It's a lot more than the Russian army has massed on the Ukrainian border, something we're all hysterical about. And of course, it's not just people coming illegal in, legally into this country. It's the drugs they are bringing. Record amounts of narcotics. Narcotics that are driving the single most deadly drug epidemic in the history of this country. You probably know someone who's had a loved one die not just habitual drug users, but people using drugs recreationally that are mixed with fentanyl, and they're dead. Thousands and thousands, more than 100,000 in one year. Who's doing this? The cartels. They're killing far more Americans than Vladimir Putin ever could, and they're doing it with the help of the Biden administration. But in the meantime, we've got 2 million more than new people living in this country. Who are they? Well, we can't say for sure. No one really knows who they are. That's part of the problem. In an age when the rest of us are followed and surveilled and show your medical papers, here's some facial recognition software. We're letting in too many people. We can't prove who they are. We have no way of doing that. Don't let them lie to you. We do know they're coming from all over the world. Fox's Bill Malugin has been virtually the only person in American media to keep track of what is happening here. Here's part of what he found. Video from a law enforcement source shows a single massive group of about 400 migrants who crossed illegally into Eagle Pass, Texas on Wednesday night. Border Patrol photos show the size of that group, with the sector chief himself saying this was no coincidence. It was orchestrated by criminal elements for money. The night before, the exact same thing happened. Photos from Border Patrol show another group of 400 after they crossed illegally into Eagle Pass Tuesday night. Here in the Rio Grande Valley, we embedded with Texas DPS as they tracked down runners in the brush looking to evade near La Jolla, Texas. Two men in this group were from China. 
That was Bill Malugin on the border. He's still there. We'll go back to him in, in just a moment. But this is an ongoing assault on our national sovereignty, on our territorial integrity. The things we've been hearing for the last month are so vitally important in Ukraine. How's this happen? Who's the Vladimir Putin in this morality tale? Well, that would be Joe Biden. This has all been allowed, enabled, encouraged by Joe Biden with the help of big corporations and left-wing nonprofits. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who really should be charged with a crime but hasn't been yet, recently bragged to CBS News that, we're quoting, we have fundamentally changed immigration enforcement in the interior. And we're continuing the quote. For the first time ever, our policy explicitly states that a non-citizen's unlawful presence in the United States will not by itself be a basis for the initiation of an enforcement action. So what does that mean exactly? So this is the guy charged with enforcing immigration laws, laws that he did not create. He's in the executive branch. They don't create laws. But here's the guy in charge of enforcing them, bragging that he's decided to ignore federal law. These are the laws that our Congress was elected to pass. And, and, and now, just, uh, just to put a cherry on this, uh, they're using their ICE uh, warrants as IDs to fly uh, and get through TSA. So they're, they're literally using an arrest warrant as proof of identification by our government to get on a plane and fly with you to a destination. And they're flying to, uh, from what I understand, they're flying to you know, Florida, Houston. Uh, they were flying to uh, various places in Florida and other places. And it seems like they're trying to flip Texas and Florida. It just, it's, it's obvious, you know, and who's footing the bill for all of this? Coyotes are getting like 2000 bucks and hours later, these people are on a flight to somewhere in America and it's happening right under our noses and it's happening on purpose. And we have that clip from 2015 where Joe Biden and Mayorkas were together in 2015 talking about the demographic changes in America and how it's a good thing, not a bad thing. And what he was speaking for was the corporate interests of gathering and consuming and getting that slave labor market here at home so that they could actually generate goods and services at a fraction of the cost, just like Amazon benefits or Nike benefits from slave labor markets abroad in China. And that's exactly what's going on. And this is corporate greed uh, turning to uh, uh, corrupting politics to, to gain a foothold here. And that's what's going on there. Well, that brings us again to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast and episodes. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.